Hey, this is Blake from Saul, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, everyone, Sonny back here with another new episode of Interview Under Fire. Blake, thank you so much for joining our podcast today on IUF. It's an honor to have you here. A big time of the year for you and the guys over at Saul with the release of your debut studio album, Rise as Equals, set to unleash October 23rd on Spine Farm Records. You know, first off, congratulations on all of the well-deserved recognition it's been getting so far. And that includes your band as a whole with the likes of Revolver, Guitar World, Loudwire. Before we get to all that, I'm going to ask a very important question. It's a very okay. simple question. I'm going to put you on the spot. And it's an important one. How are you? <laughs> How have <laughs> things been for you and your band as of late? And uh, I know you're in Iowa. How's, how's life out there right now? We're six months into this craziness we call a pandemic, you know? Yeah. Well, first, I want to say thank you for having me. Um, it's a pleasure to be here with you. But um, to answer your question, we're pretty much just surviving. Um, right now, I wish it was more of a thriving situation, what it was supposed to be like when before all this stuff uh, took over. But uh, uh, just surviving, working behind the scenes, getting ready for the release of our new record, like you said, Rises Equals, our very first uh, full-length record that we're actually doing. Everything we've done before was always EPs, you know, five, six songs. So it's, uh, I'm a nervous guy the way it is, and to put out a full-length record of 14 tracks, I'm, I'm pretty nervous about it. So, but I'm excited. Uh, you won't be nervous anymore, man. This is, this is a, a long time in the making. You know, being away from the stage a lot as of late, how are you keeping up your vocals these days? Is that affecting your musicianship? Has anything changed for your routine-wise lately, if at all? You know, we come from a really small town area, like 500 people is the size of our town. So um, we're from real small town, Iowa. What I've done after we recently worked with a few guys that we were working with, um, they hooked me up with the, the best in the business, uh, Melissa Cross for vocal training. So um, I've actually recent, recently started working with her um, on, on doing all that, which um, everybody tells me I had a good base to start. So I'm just really trying to take it to the next level of that, you know, you know, Brent Smith or whatever. I just want to be that, that, that next, that next level of, of vocalist. So uh, um, I've really started doing that and diving in on that with her. I have actually heard that name thrown around in the industry a lot and she has a very good reputation. So, Hey, you're in good hands. You know, does this pandemic now that you're home, does it open up new things for you personally and artistically that you may have not noticed before about yourself? Because you also did that recording with, of all people, David Draymond, you know, from yep. Disturbed, you recorded King of Misery. If you want to talk about that, just how, you know, like what's new as far as like, okay, the pandemic, I'm at home, how, you know, it's, it, it brought out a different part of me that I didn't see before. Yeah. Um, a bad thing that I've noticed about this pandemic pandemic is I eat a lot more. Um, so, you know, I, I can I, relate, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I didn't know, I, I didn't know I could, you know, my frame could handle this amount of weight, but you know, I'm dealing with it one day at a time. Um, but you know, on, on the, on the cool side, you know, when the pandemic first hit, it was, it was a shocker to the whole band and to the whole system, really. And uh, because originally our, our plan was to release the record uh, August 21st and really go out and tour and support it. We were supposed to be out with Hell Yeah, Butcher Babies, All That Remains. Um, otherwise, it was supposed to be this whole thing. And when the pandemic hit, we all talked with the label and everybody, and they decided, you know, you know while we got this downtime, 
Everybody's kind of in shock mode. Um, let's go and write a couple more songs. Doing that, we went in the studio and hit, hit some more songs. Ended up, one of the songs is the title track to the record, Rises Equals. One we did with David Draymond of Disturbed. Um, another great one we did that we just rallied behind is called Things Change. Um, so, I mean, they're like my favorite tracks on the record, which um, I won't ever say this again, but the record label was right when they said go in and do a couple more songs. Don't quote <laughs> me on that, I'll, you know. Um, but uh, I'll say this, right. I'll say this. I don't mean to interrupt you, but that, uh, that album has been on repeat in my, in, my, uh, in my stereo for the last 48 or 72 hours. So, so having awesome. said that, that it goes hand in hand. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. And, and, you know, and we're really excited to release this. And one thing we wanted to do, uh, which was unfortunate that we couldn't do, um, so, um, Darren at the label brought up that he used to work with Trivium and Trivium had done some work with David and, um, heard through the grapevine. David was a fan of us. Blew my mind. Um, he's like a rock legend, metal legend. I mean, he's huge number one singles. Like, you know what I mean? He's just bigger than life. So when he said he was a fan of us and said he wanted to do a song with us, we had to jump on the option, you know, on, on the opportunity. And uh, we had to do it over Zoom like this, but uh, I'm just glad it worked out the way it did. Um, you know, just Zach and I sitting there with a couple of acoustic guitars, working on the melodies and everything with them. But uh, it would have been a lot better face-to-face -face and, uh, you know, it would have been. Isn't better. it interesting to ever think about it? If someone told you a few years back, yeah, so the, you guys will be writing a song with David Draymond, of all people, during a <laughs> pandemic. Right. Through, through, the, the, through what we're doing right now. I mean, it's, you, can't, you can't script it any better than that. And you guys have done it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we did it. And um, it was really cool. It was really fun to see like when we had dropouts, like internet dropouts, and then it'd be like half moments and we we're recording the whole thing with David and his mouth like wide open and, <laughs> and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm going to have that forever. You know what I mean? And him singing yeah. the, the chorus of King of Misery with me and stuff. It was really cool. It was very cool. Man, that's really exciting. You know, you know, we talked about your, what you're doing as at home, like staying busy, doing what you can, making the best of the situation. I want to ask about the touring life because you guys have been at this for years and you, you have been touring extensively, actually, with Saul. You played with some of my favorite bands, you know, Bush, Fuel, 10 Years, Hell Yeah, mm -hmm. Nonpoint. There's, the list goes on for you guys. I want to well, ask now, you know, what was your favorite part about touring? Because now you're kind of taking like an unseen step back. And does he make you have a growing appreciation of the touring life? Because we're talking culture, fans, even the food. There's just so many things to pick about about what makes touring what it is. Yeah, you know, I absolutely miss it. I have always liked touring, um, getting away and just and the cool thing I find about touring is when you go to the next venue, say we're in Dallas. Um, say my buddy here, Jared, here in, 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 in Paulina, I go to Dallas, I can find another Jared. The world's not that different. You know what I mean? I, I like running into that person. Like you remind me just of my buddy at home or, you know, you, you know how I'm saying? It's yeah. like, it's very cool. And, and I miss that. I miss, I miss finding those people and, and those connections and, you know, and the food. I mean, we don't have like, you know, I know we, I know we briefly touched and, about food, so feel free to talk about your favorite place you've been to. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, like down in Dallas, you know, Deep Ellum. You, have you been to Root Burger down there? Yes. Dude. So, dude, Deep Ellum. Okay, so before this pandemic hit, I was on that street at least once per week. We had okay. a show, you know, I had interviews like every week. And there, it, of course, I haven't been to a show in six months and, or something like that. But yep. that area, just that entire street, I don't know, I don't know if it's Elm Street, if you know, if you know what, that, what I'm talking about. Mm. Elm Street is like the heart of Deep Ellum. 
and uh, got, like trees and everything trees is on. there. Club Dot yeah. is there. There's also this place called uh, Reno's. Is yeah, it? Reno's Chop Shop. Yeah, yeah, Reno's Chop Shop. That, yep. that's, that's a very popular venue, you know, for you know for for our group. Like we would go to you know the shows and then go straight to Reno's after that show. And yeah, yep. yeah, Root Burger. And there's a pizza place too. I forgot the name of the pizza place. It's right next to Rocket. Um, What's it? It's a candy store. Anyway, that's a whole different podcast episode before we're diving into that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. No, but I thought I thought it was so cool, and I, I miss I miss doing stuff like that where somebody's like, "Oh yeah, head over and try this burger place." You know, it's it's right down here, and and you go there, and you realize they got like boar meat and alligator and like buffalo, and like it's like, what is this? But whatever you try was 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 awesome, you know. So I I miss that kind of stuff and those those little new adventures where it might be. Uh, you know, standard living to the people from Dallas, Deep Ellum area. But but to us, it's a whole new adventure. You know what I mean? I, I miss that. Yeah, man. I can't wait to get that going again. Like, it's obviously, you know, it's it's not – I mean, we never imagined this. And, and of course, uh, I think as long as we stay, we stay busy, time will go by. I mean, maybe everybody will come together, hopefully, and then it just – we can pick up right where we left off, which I feel like we can. I do too. Speaking of which, you've seen this for the last six months – live streaming a lot of bands have been taking what they've done on stage onto the screen as what we're doing right now i believe code orange they're one of the first bands to do it i think two days after the pandemic i don't know if you saw it they did that empty concert that that uh concert that empty venue in in uh, pennsylvania and then they broadcasted for the fans so i wanted to ask being on the road as long as you have and what all the experiences you have taken in with all the musicians and artists you've made relationships with do you think the quarantine-induced live streaming surge we're seeing right now, is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward? Do you still see bands doing this even after all this is over? I do. I, I, I don't think that the, the live streaming aspect of what we're doing right now will ever, ever die after this. You know, people have figured out the Zooms and, and, you know, the routing to where it sounds really good coming through for a live broadcast. Um, I don't think that'll ever go away. And I hopefully it doesn't take away from the touring you can't beat the one-on-one or the human aspect of interaction that way. But I hope it just adds to it to where any downtime, if they're going to have a lull, you know, take a, take a three month break in between doing the record and hitting the tour again, I hope, you know, bands continue to do the live stream. I just hope they don't just put out records and only live stream, you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there's no right, right or wrong answer to this. I love asking this question because I mean, you with tons of other musicians, I've, I've interviewed, they always have a different viewpoint on, on what they believe will happen. Cause it's, of course I have the liberty to wash my own room if I want to watching Saul, like on the screen, but right. it's different. It's a different vibe. If I see you guys up on the stage, like, like you and Zach and, you know, just the atmosphere that you guys bring. Cause I know interacting with the fans is something that you take wholeheartedly. It's very important to you. Very two much. weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago. Uh, I went to the Metallica live streaming. I don't know if you heard about that. They did that. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So Dallas sold out. So, uh, luckily, I was able to go go there, and uh, you know, it was great for what we got, but it just made me miss the live experience even more. You know, it yeah. was, and believe it or not, that was my first time seeing Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Again, I, you I, can't I, script it. You know, first time seeing Metallica during a pandemic at a drive-in. It's like a movie theater. Yeah, I know it's crazy. I om- I almost went. I almost went to it, but um, anymore, I just keep saying that if I'm going to see a band live, it's going to be because we're opening for them or playing with them. That's, that's kind of where my mind is going right now. Um, but I, I was thinking about going, I'm, 
I had some friends that went that said the exact same thing as you. They're like, you know, it was really cool, but it sucked at the same time because Metallica wasn't there. You know what I mean? We were just watching a big screen. I'm like, yeah, I know. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that. I just, you know, you know how you know how when you guys on a stage, you're like, all right, let me see those horns. What you know, whatever, whatever the band says. Instead of that, it was all right. Let me hear you honk your horns. Yeah, they did. And then everybody, <laughs> you roll your window down, and then you just hear everybody just honking their horns. It was so bizarre. It, it was great. Like we got to see the fans, like who love Metallica, who've been around for so many years. And my yeah. friend who I went with, this was I don't know. This was his. I don't know, 10th, 11th time seeing Metallica. And this is my oh, first wow. time. And he was, he was treating it like it was just a regular show. And as I went home, I'm like, you know, I felt almost, I did, there was a satisfaction about it because it was uh, kind of just, it's not the norm, but it's the closest you can get to being where you want to get. And Absolutely. a lot of bands are, you know, taking the step to interact with their fans and i know you we talked about it before the interview you guys did a live show right how was that and did you guys is that something that was planned months in advance or is it just spur of the moment and because i, I want to know i think the fans and my listeners they would love to know how that was like gosh i'm kind of i'm trying to remember when we first, we did our first one um I don't know if it was, April? That, that, was that long ago like right up that was like a month after the yeah. pandemic okay yeah it was like April is when we did our very first one. We did it on our own. Um, we did it live through our YouTube channel. Um, that was our first one, but we, we, we've done two. Um, and the second one we did with Clutch, Crowbar, and Blacktop Mojo. Um, Gosh, I would have loved it in there. <laughs> yeah, and that was cool. It was cool. You know, I personally, being a musician, and, and I actually just had this call today with management and stuff, I don't like doing live streams. <laughs> that, that's okay. <laughs> You know, it's just totally okay. I, I, you lose that connection and you, you, yeah, that's all I can really say. You lose that connection and it doesn't have the same vibe. I mean, it's cool. And if people want us to do it, I'm more than happy to do it. It's not going to hurt my feelings at all. If people want us to continue doing live stream because that's cool if they want it. But um, me, I'd rather just put on a dang show. I mean, yeah, I just want to go, I just want to go all out and, and do a show. But um because we're talking about possibly doing a live stream uh, for the release of uh, Rises Equals as like our, you know, CD release or debut show, you know. So uh, I think I think we're probably going to end up doing that. Yeah, there's a that'd be great. There's a lot of ideas you guys can actually make make of this. I mean, it's you don't really there's no protocol to follow for a pandemic, you know, like, OK, right. we, ha we have an album release. This is what happens with the pandemic. It's it's not there, you know. And but you guys are doing it, and, I, and I'm really proud to see how far you guys have gotten. You guys are still rolling with the punches, which I think that more than says enough on how, on how much character you guys have. So, um, so I know we talked about a lot of things already, but I promise we'll get to you the debut album right now. Rises equals <laughs> coming out October 23rd on Spine Farm Records. Man, when I heard this album, when it was sent to me, I heard like hard hitting hooks, polyrhythmic guitar patterns, thrashy melodies. It was just everything that I love about metal all into one. And you guys, like, that's what I grew up listening to, you know? And now you guys are, like, almost, it's a breath of fresh air for someone like me who's been listening to this for over three decades. So I wanted to ask, when did production start for you specifically on Rise as Equals? Because you did release Brother about a year ago, or was yes. it? Yeah, so it January started January of 19. Okay, yeah, so it's been over a year, you know? So yep. is, did, is that when it started, or did it start before that to where it is right now? Um, well, we did, no, it started, 
when did we start writing the record? Well, we released Eons, the EP, um, January of 2015, or 2019. Right. January of 2019, we released Brother, January 25th. And from there, it, that song just took off. It took off like a wildfire. Um, and yeah, it's got over 1,000 views on YouTube, man. Yeah, uh, 1.3 million. No, no, yeah. 1.3 million. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. No, it's all good. And then <laughs> we're almost part. <laughs> four and a half million on Spotify. It's, it's, it's blowing up. Um, but so we had that song and we had no, no intentions of doing another record so quick. Um, but during that time of releasing that EP, we got signed with Spine Farm. And I, I, I kid you not, it was like a month after we signed with them. They're like, well, let's get in and do a full length record. Now we're like, we just got done with the EP though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I just kind of, I, I didn't want to run with any ideas. I didn't want to be creative. I just wanted a tour. Um, but so they got, they had us in the studio. We, we did some tours. Um, they had us in the studio um, and then we just plugged away at it. And um, it was the early parts uh, or the, the late parts of 2019, the early parts of 2020 is when we were working and writing and recording that, that album. And then uh, we added our last three, four tracks during this quarantine time. So, so it was, it was about a, I mean, I'd say a year in, in the, in the works ish. Um, but, uh, come like November, it'll be, it'll be like a year that we are, we're sitting on the record. How much, how much did things change from when you started writing to where you ended up finishing it? Did a lot change in between? Did nothing change? Was it already a specific sound you knew you wanted with Rises Equals? I can't say specific sound. Um, we just kind of do our thing and every song, you know, we write every song to fit the song, not to fit the record, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like almost like every song stands out on its own, which it does. Cool. Well, that's what we were hoping for, but not what we were intentionally trying to do either. Um, I think our whole goal was just to make every song, you know, and I, I, I say this too. Um, we wrote every song, like it was the last song we were going to write, you know, lay it all out there, give them everything you got. And, and make each song have its own voice and sound. And, and that's really what we were striving for on the record. And I think it really came across. You know, aside from working with David Draymond, you were also working with Eric Ron and Morgan Rose, who are, they have a very good reputation in the industry. Was there a comfortability for you on working on this record, knowing that you had those people behind your backs, like helping you guys with this record? Like, okay, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. And they know it. Let's go. Right. Well, yeah, it was very cool. It was very cool. Even guys like Morgan, you know, um, being in this genre, and if you don't know, like, Seven Dust, or, like, at least look up to those guys in some sort of sort of way, you'd be crazy, because they're, they're huge. They're I grew up listening to them, so. Yes, me too. Me too. So, so having, having Seven Dust and having a guy like Morgan Rose come in and want to work with us and be a fan of us, and, you know, he'd be able to sing me the chorus of Brother, which I thought was crazy. And um, have him wanting to put his name on it as like, hey, I, I endorse these guys. I want to do a song with them. That was a, it, a game changer for us, having those guys have our backs like that. And, you know, it's a real thing that I knew we always wanted to get to working with, with people like we, we looked up to so much like that. Mm -hmm. But to have it come full circle and really happen was really great. And it's cool that they really took our – 
you know, it, they didn't want to come in and just like, hey, let's do a song like this. Let's, I want to do this. They're like, well, what do you, what do you guys want to do? You know, what do you got in mind? And, you know, Zach would just start ripping, like, I got a riff like this. And they're like, boom. Or, you know, and I'll be like, hey, I got this chorus melody idea. And they're like, boom, let's do it. You know what I mean? So it was, it was cool being like equals and partners with them and, and, and doing it together. It was awesome. Man, you're doing your debut album with, with these amazing, talented people. Just think about that. The way your career starting off, I don't mean to get ahead, but it's just an amazing thing to be proud of, you know, that you started off just with a bang. And I can only, ho- I can only think that it'll only get better from here. And I think that's a really, you're talking about, like I said, you came to the scene guns blazing. You guys are really doing that, especially with the people you work with. Trying to, for sure. You know, between writing and structuring the songs and the production process, what challenges or learning experiences did you face with this debut album that you may have not faced with Eons? And maybe you can just take it with you to the next album. What did we learn? You know, it's... Oh, let me see here. Well, you know, writing this record, during, this, during the time of writing this record, when we released uh, our single Trial by Fire, um, that was a time when uh, my mom, mine and Zach's mom, was going through brain and lung cancer. Right. And so that's really what that song's about is, you know, the really, you know, we do what we have to, to be who we want to. Cause we called back home. Dad's working a full-time job trying to take care of mom. She's getting put on hospice and they're saying, you know, just stay there, get your work done and pretty much, you know, try to take over the world. You guys, you go take care of yourselves kind of thing. And, you know, so hearing that from them um, was a, was a huge thing. And finally a, a turning point in, in what stopped us from doing that, you know, I, I was talking to Morgan um, and he's like, you know what? He's like, that's cool that, you know, mom and dad gave you the approval to, you know, just go off and, and keep working. Um, he's like, but you only have one mom, you know, get your butt home and, and go take care of her. I'm like, that's, that's all I needed to hear, you know? And like, wow. so it was really cool coming from a guy I looked up to so much to say something like that. And right, right then, Zach, right then and there, Zach and I just flew home and, and, and took care of her for, you know, about two weeks, three weeks. And, and she she passed away, and then uh, we went out and had to finish the record. And it, it was it was a tough time doing all that stuff, trying to you know make everybody happy and mom and and take care of the family and do that. But I, I would say I definitely don't want to do that again. I, you know, my condolences and my well wishes to your family. May she rest in peace, man. You know, um, you you said this as yourself. Rise as equals is the full embodiment of all the trials and tribulations we face as a band fathers, sons, brothers, and humans. I want to ask, I want to follow up to what level do you like to have a theme for your records and how important are themes to you? Is that more about helping you guys write or sound or is that more for the audience? Because a lot of artists, they don't really care about themes. They just do 10 songs in the studio and that's it, which is fine. But I feel like there's a specific mindset that you wanted to achieve and you did that, I feel like. Yes, well, we, we definitely, we wanted to dive into songs and write songs that I think they really came from personal, you know, like introspective and that idea, because even if I'm feeling it right at the moment, I guarantee somebody's out there has felt the same way or is going to feel the same way about the same situation or situation very similar. So we really tried to dive in and write songs and lyrics based on, on things like that, where it's just like, boom, one day they have it happen to them or they see it or they hear it. And they're like, man, that reminds me of, you know, my brother or, or, or anything like we have a song don't close your eyes i got a huge fear of like drowning that's like one of my biggest fears i do too whoa do I, I just got goosebumps that's crazy yeah. i can't i can't swim by the way no <laughs> who swims they're psychopaths man 
That's crazy. Anyway, go ahead. So like we did, we did songs like that. My biggest fear is of drowning is don't close your eyes. And um, that's what that song's about and stuff. So it's really, it's really cool. We tried to put all, all of ourselves in, into the songs for sure. My gosh. Okay. Do you see this album? Do you see Rides as Equals as being a snapshot of where you are at a, cer- at a certain time in your life? Oh, I say that again. Sorry. Do you see Rise as Equals, the album, the debut album? Do you see this as a snapshot of where you are at a certain time in your life? Like when you look back on it? 100%. 100%. I think this is, you know, I hope it lives forever, but this is definitely how we felt the last year, year and a half. I all accumulated into 14 tracks. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you've kind of just summed it up perfectly there. You know, from signing with Spine Farm being from small Midwest communities, like you're you know, in a small town from Iowa, you overcame so many obstacles and you had support during some dark times and you had losses in the life and the family and your late brother, Caleb and your mother have your aspirations as a person or a band, have they changed or evolved since when you first started in the industry? Do you see things differently now? Yes, I would say so. I would say so. Especially seeing more of the business. And, and one thing I just, I, I want to do is, you know, uh, my mom and our brother being like our biggest fans, they were like, they really cared about what was going on with the band. So, you know, my thing is I just don't want to let them down. You know, that's my, that's my biggest, you know, that's a big fear of mine is just letting them down. And I, I don't want to do that. And I want to, you know, um, write songs that inspire people and, uh, you know, put a positive message out there. So that's, that's really what we're trying to do. You know, another, yeah, that's that's very well said. You know, I want to ask about the Iowa Iowa scene because you guys are from Iowa, and of course, you know, Elephant in the Room, Slipknot, everybody knows they're from Iowa. You know, some other bands like the Envy Core, Ford Today, Modern Life Is War. Yeah. You know, I want to talk about the music scene in Iowa. Did it make it easier for knowing that those bands came out of the you know the state that you're in? Did it make it easier to be into that scene? You know, your upbringing and how has that scene like changed through your experience? Um, you know, well, well, talking about that for today is actually from our hometown, like pretty dang close We're we used to, uh, Zach and I used to go to the same concerts and hang out with the guys from for today, you know, even though we oh. weren't on the same click, we were just like, Oh, that's the for today guys. You know what I mean? Um, that's just the way it was. It was awesome. And, uh, you know, you need to get a hold of Corey Taylor and tell him we, we need to meet because I would like to meet him. Um, okay. Uh, that's my mission now. <laughs> <laughs> bombard Corey taylor like blake from saul wants to meet you um he's got a new uh album i think coming out what is it next month like a like a solo album solo album yeah yeah yep and uh i mean i'm really you hit him up say i'm kind of disappointed i didn't get a call to do a guest vocal um just tell him (laughs) that this is going to be on spotify and itunes everyone's going to hear this so there you go all my listeners you know what to do go after Corey taylor right now and let him know about the about just doing that collaboration immediately yeah yeah thanks Corey. Um, uh, so, you know, it's cool, you know, being from such a small town, I mean, we're an hour north of, of Sioux City, Iowa, and um, it's a population of 100,000 people, and they already had kind of a, a group core going, and uh, it was, at first, you know, you, you get into a scene where they're already kind of established, you already know the bands that are going to be playing and playing together kind of thing, Um so in the early days, it was hard for us to kind of break in and make friends with those guys. Um, but we really did. Um, we, we broke in with those guys and we're, we're connected to, we're pretty much on the corner of South Dakota and Nebraska. So that was kind of our circle. 
was these three states for a long time. And, and it was cool. And there's a lot of great venues, Omaha, Sioux Falls, Sioux City. Um, if you get on I-29, you can pretty much do a route. You'll hit Sioux Falls, you know, um, Sioux City, Omaha, Kansas City. You can make a little run out of it. And, and uh, in the early days, everybody called it the I-29 run, where we would just do like a five-day run just on I-29. Um, I got to make a note it, of that now. It was cool. <laughs> <Get> a road trip. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you can't miss them. They're all like, you know, what, Omaha to Kansas City is like three hours. It's like an hour and a half from Omaha to Sioux City, hour and a half from Sioux City, Sioux Falls. Oh, that's it, not bad at all. My older brother lives up in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, we, you know, make a road trip out there all the time. It's about, what, four, well, at most four hours. So that's not bad at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it ain't bad. So if you weren't a musician, what would you be doing right now? Putting, mm. putting on the spot. <laughs> if I wasn't a musician, what I'd be doing right now? Um, I'd probably, well, let, let me, let's back up a little bit. Let's, let me tell you what I was doing before, okay. uh, before this. You know, we're from small town, Iowa. Um, there's a lot of farming going on around here. So right, I think it was pretty, brother was just hitting the radio and Zach and I and Will, our bass player, we're, we're still doing this. Um, we were pumping manure. And what that means is you got these long 10-inch hoses and you put them in a lagoon, like a, a dairy pit lagoon, and you pump it out to a tractor and you plow it into the field. And we did that. We worked over 100-hour weeks. Um, it was a good time. Best job I ever had. I'd probably still be doing that. Would that be considered, you know, working on a farm as well? I know. It's, it's, it's agriculture. So, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it's pretty much like, but we didn't have to deal with livestock or anything unless they got out of the pins or anything while we were there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm asking cause I, uh, we had Matt Griner from August Burns Red on the show and he, he was talking about how agriculture was a big part of what he does when he's not in front of the drum kit, when he's not, you know, playing music or anything like that. But I don't know if you saw his, you see his Instagram, but his stories is just filled with just what he's doing on, you know, you know, on, on his farm, on you know, farm? It's called yeah, Farms. Cool. I think, I think it's amazing. So I, I commend you for even doing that. So it's always interesting to ask that question because it's, you never know someone's upbringing and when, how it shaped them into the person they are today. So yeah. I think that's pretty awesome. So we're nearing the end of our interview. Unfortunately, you know, I was going to ask, you know, everything we've talked about, what advice, you know, Blake, what advice would you have for someone wanting to follow in your footsteps? I'd say grind, grind it out, you know, and People got to remember, if you want to get into the rock and metal world, it's a small world. You know, it's everybody knows everybody in this business. And it's just sorry. I was just talking to somebody earlier today how we're like a tight knit family, the metal community out of everybody else. It's true. It's really, really true. I mean, I'll bring up a name and, you know, and I'm like, hey, I want to work with this guy. And it's like our manager. Oh, let me make a call. You know, I worked with him on this or, or it's just small world. It's just like small world because like everybody's generally got everybody's contact information. And it's like, uh, so what I'm trying to say is grind it out and make the right connections and uh, really don't settle, you know, find your favorite band, whether it be, you know, Saul or Slipknot or Seven Dust and see how they're doing it because they got to be doing something right, you know, as far as like, you know, have a standard for what your Facebook looks like and your YouTube and, you know, don't let your music go out to where it's just like, well, it's my buddy. He's going to record it for us. You know, don't, don't settle for that stuff. If you really want to make this a career, do the right thing and really, really go the extra, extra yard and, and make it right. And those bands, yeah, exactly. And those bands you mentioned, they were where you're at, you know, it's, 
everybody had their upbringing. They didn't get to where they're at because just because they maybe a little bit of luck. I think I think there's always some of that in there, and that's not a bad thing. That just shows that just shows your demeanor if you have that initiative, if you have that resiliency to get to where mm-hmm. you want to get that humbleness. You guys have all that, and you know I can't wait to see you guys come to Dallas and do a show. Now, last question, since we don't have the hot wings, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask, I want to ask, because it's, I always get a mixed answer for this. Five albums you can think of at the top of your head right now. Um, my favorite album is Lateralis by Tool. Um, I would say uh, the 10 album by Pearl Jam uh, is one of my all-time favorites. Nirvana Unplugged is one of the things that really got me into music. I don't know if it's really an album. It kind of, it's a live album. It's an album um, that counts. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good. So, um, <laughs> one of my all time favorite albums, uh, is, um, division bell by pink Floyd. Wow. And Great choice. I love that album. I'm a huge pink Floyd fan. Also, did you notice on the record? Um, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. that. That's, that's, that's awesome. Wow. Yep. And then I got to go, gosh, dang it. I don't listen to a lot of albums anymore. I'm, I'm like, I'm just, you got, I just you got four. Oh, one, one more album. Let's go. Um, trauma. I prevail. Wow. That's a great list. I think you're listening to my playlist too, for some reason, <laughs> <laughs> man, Blake, we covered pretty much from everything from top to bottom is, do you have any last shout outs, any plugs, anything you want to mention on this podcast before we finish things off here? Well, I just want to say that, you know, once again, thank you for having me. It's, it's, it's a pleasure. I'm, we just met right now, but I definitely want to make this happen again, especially with the wings. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> we but, talked about food. The food segment could just be a separate episode altogether. Oh, dude, I can't <laughs> wait. You see me sweat and cry like a little girl, man. It's going to be awesome. Um, but I just want to say thank you guys for, uh, you know, tuning in for, for my part with this. And uh, uh, just remember that uh, – we got coming out October 23rd with rises equals and it's been our slogan for a long time and we stick by it and our fans are equals and uh, just remember to rises equals. And everyone who's listening, you know, buy this record, you know, rises equals comes out October 23rd on spine farm records. The bands can't do it without your help. And exactly. you know, it's, it's easier said than done, but it's a very simple thing to do. Support these guys. They'll be on the road as soon as you know, Blake, Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Please be safe out there wherever you're at. And we'll do this again next time. Obviously, we will do this again next time. All right, man? Have to. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade. That's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.